Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me again this week, uh, former football coach in the Granite State, Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Joe. I'm glad that we didn't get blown out to sea or anything with this uh, <laughs> quote-unquote hurricane that was supposedly had, but uh, <laughs> doing well. Uh, yeah, you know what I I've been I said uh, the last two weeks here that you were a former football coach, but but as I've been informed recently, um, you are actually back coaching again, aren't you? Yeah, I am. My my youngest son is is breaking into tackle football this year, so I figured I could no longer be in retirement with that happening. So I'm I'm coaching a uh, a youth football team. Yeah, well, we'll have to we'll have to get some weekly updates uh, as as we get into. <laughs> oh, the, I'm sure the I'm sure the listeners week. would be excited to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right into Joe and let him know if you want to hear about my games, everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, of course, uh, you can you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, you can listen to the show every Tuesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And, uh, you know, before we get started again, uh, I've got a few items to take care of. Uh, first up, if you own a business or know someone who does and think it would be pretty cool to hear us talking about you right now on the podcast, well you might be interested in becoming a sponsor of the Night State Sports Show. Or maybe you'd like to sponsor uh, nh-highschoolsports.com in some other capacity. Either way, uh, we're looking for sponsors to help offset the cost of coverage for the 2021 fall season. So if you are interested in helping us promote uh, New Hampshire high school sports, uh, please send us an email again at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. And... Uh, you know, with schedules looking a little bit more normal this fall, uh, we will once again be offering special football memberships. What that will include is access to all football stories posted at nh-highschoolsports.com throughout the season. And then at the end of the year, uh, you also receive a copy of our football yearbook, uh, a full-color magazine that contains all of that coverage, along with tons of photos from throughout the year. Uh, you can sign up for that by going to the site and clicking on the membership tab at the top of the homepage. All right. Well, we are uh, we're inching closer to the start of the season. It feels kind of like, on the one hand, it's taken forever to get here, but then I was like, looking over some things, I'm like, holy crap! Um, it's actually next Friday. Um, yeah. You know. So of course we've got the the Queen City Jamboree is kind of the I feel like the unofficial kickoff to the football season in New Hampshire. Um, you know, we've got that coming up this Friday uh, at Gill Stadium. And then, yeah, and then in a week, we're, we're going to be talking about real games here. Yeah, it's like we always say, it comes up fast, it ends fast. Um, and, and the Jamboree, as we've mentioned in past years, right, everybody knows at this point if they've listened in past years that that's, that's really one of my favorite events. I'm kind of bummed because I think, I think we have practice that night for my, my little guy team. So this might be the first time in wow, maybe over a decade that I haven't been able to go to that. Um, I love it. If there's listeners here that are big fans of high school football, I know it's a preseason thing. I know it doesn't count. I know it can be a little bit iffy because teams are still, you know, not polished up at that point. But the flip side of it is, man, that's an awesome event. And you get to see so many good uh, New Hampshire football teams in one place kind of showing off what they might look like this season and, um, it, it's an awesome event. I know you enjoy it too, Joe. Um, yeah, it's, you, you mentioned, yeah, it's a, it's, it is a preseason. It's a scrimmage. Um, it's not a, you know, but it's, it's run like a real game. You know, the teams right. are wearing their, their 
I, I mean, I think for the most part, teams show up with their full uniforms on. Um, yeah. You know, so you've got numbers, and and usually they've got rosters you can kind of follow. You know who's who. It's 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 not like not like the scrimmages that I I have attended the last couple of days um, here, where I'm looking at you know teams and and no one's got a number on, and I'm like, who is that? You know, I'm trying right, to take right. my camera and zooming in on the the tape that they have on their helmets with the kids' last names on them. You know, right. If, if they've yeah. got that. Um, yeah. The diff- that's the there's a big difference with the scrimmages are very controlled and. Uh, you know, practice gear and stuff like that. The jamboree is is really polished, nice. You know, it's got all the the, the game equipment. It's it's fully officiated. Right. It's got the running right. scoreboard. It's got special teams. So um, it's, from, it's just it's a series like a of game. mini games. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, everybody gets to play a half. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Um, yep. Yeah. So I I did like I said though I did I did get to go out to a couple scrimmages which was uh, which was a lot of fun. I haven't you know obviously didn't do that last year. Um, but it's been, um, it's been interesting to see some of these teams and, and gotten out to a couple more practices and, um, it's, you know, it, like we said, it's starting to feel real, uh, <laughs> that we're, uh, we're getting back into this, um, you know, we, and, oh, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what was your, I know we talked a little bit before the podcast and we were texting a little bit during the week while you were, while you were at the different scrimmages, but what was your impression of the, of the scrimmages? You know, it, it's been it, you know, it's been two years since uh, these varsity teams have had scrimmages. Right, right. Um, so this was this was sort of a, a it must have had a different feel to it this year. Even though, yeah, it's just a scrimmage. It's kind of like we talked about last week. The kids got to be, you know, pretty excited to be getting back out there, having had a true preseason week under their belts, as opposed to just sort of you know hitting it cold. Right. What were you, what was your impression about so, like the intensity and the level of play that was out there? Yeah. The the um. I, to be perfectly honest, they felt like like all, you know normal scrimmages, like what I would have expected seeing a year ago or or two years ago. Um, yeah. You know, if we hadn't gone through all this, um, you know, there were um, there were more people. At, at, you know, I, I I went to see uh, Concord and Bishop Girton scrimmage on Friday, and then Nashua North and Bedford on Saturday. And there, yeah, there were more people at both of those um, than you would I think you would normally see at a scrimmage. I think people are excited to be able to go. The, the possibility of getting to go to games again um you know so it's it's um it was it was fun to see people there um yeah you know the uh the Concord BG scrimmage I think both teams were pretty into that um the coaches had a played a big part in that um getting both sides fired up a little bit um you know but both teams looked you know looked pretty good um you know for for being out there in their first you know first scrimmage um you know, Bedford and North, um, you know, North as expected, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more as we kind of run through a preview of, of each division tonight. North, they're replacing a lot of kids, um, yeah. you know, and you could kind of, I think you could kind of see that just, just, you know, trying to fit some guys into spots that, you know, they're not up to, fully up to speed because it's only been about a week or it had only been yeah. about a week, um, you know, and, and Bedford's a team that's got, you know, a couple of really good kids returning, so they were able to take advantage of some things. Uh, but, again, it's – I mean, the even the, the small things seem different. You know, both both scrimmages, teams lined up at midfield afterwards to do the, the you know, post-game uh, handshake line. And, um, you know, one of – I forget which one it was, but at one of them, one of the assistants was like, you kids know – you remember how to do this? Yeah, yeah, right, right, because they didn't do yeah, it at yeah, all. Didn't last have to year. do it. Didn't do it at all last year, and and honestly, I, no one did it in the spring. I think until you know playoffs had started. So, 
right? Yeah, it was it was one of those things. It's like, oh yeah, we do remember <laughs> we do remember how to do this. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you picked two good ones to go to, though. I mean, those would be those would be really interesting matchups if they were early season matchups, right? I mean, North and Bedford. That's that's a pretty exciting matchup. I'm glad they were able to get together and uh, and same thing with Concord and Girton, right? Those are kind of two. Um, you know, traditionally good Division One teams. They, they've uh, they've been sort of in rebuilding mode the last couple of years, and uh, you know they they must have felt good to get out there and bang around a little bit too. Yeah, I was uh, I was impressed with with actually both of those teams. Um, like you said, not really sure what to expect too much, especially with you know with Concord um, having a new coach this year uh, and and Jim Corkum. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I was, we were, we were texting about that, uh, specifically, you know, about what, you know, under, um, you know, previous coach, uh, Eric Brown, they'd been running a spread offense and, uh, it looks like they're going to be a bit more of a, a, you know, a traditional under center, um, you know, run first kind of team, um, which I mean, it's been, it's been a while since Concord's been that. Yeah, they were, they were a lot of spread under coach Brown. And then, uh, going back a little bit, the year they won the title, which was what maybe 2014 2013 yeah no they were yeah I mean, somewhere they were even a spread yeah going back to then yeah they yeah. had they they had more of a mix of the two you know they kind of went between them but uh yeah you know I'm sure coach Corkum looked at that and said hey you know what kind of personnel do we have and you know it's an inflection point whenever a new coach steps in whether they're from within the program or for what you know outside so it's a good chance to reevaluate personnel and say okay what are we going to go forward with um, sometimes you stick with the old thing. Sometimes you say, hey, you know, we don't have the dudes to run that anymore. And so we ought to, we got to, we got to gear it differently. Um, I know something about that. <laughs> we had to gear right. things differently. Uh, when I took over at Sauhegan, for example, right? So sometimes those are things you have to do. I think you guys had to almost reinvent football back then. Uh, you know, given, <laughs> uh, given the you know I was lucky. <laughs> that was such a good group of seniors. They They just didn't have the... Yeah. They hadn't played the year before, you right, know, so right. it was, uh, I think we had one starter that came back. So it was, it was a total redrawing, but we were lucky because man, those kids were all for it. And, you know, hopefully some of these teams with the new coaches, uh, Concord, Manadnock, et cetera. Um, hopefully th- those, those players are excited to have their new coaches and a little bit of different way of doing things as well. Well, why don't we, uh, you know, since we, we started talking Concord, why don't we just uh, roll right into a little bit of a D1 preview there. We'll just stick with the with that North Conference and D1. Of course, uh, as we said, Concord, Bedford in there as well, Goffstown, and then the Manchester Schools Central and Memorial. Um, this year, they're going to uh, cross over with the, uh, the East Conference, which, uh, of course, is Dover, Exeter, Portsmouth, Oyster River, uh, Spalding, and Winnicunit, um, yep. which, um, you know, I know, you know, I know we've always talked about the South Conference as being, uh, you know, the, probably the toughest in the state. And, and I think this year the West Conference is pretty well balanced. Um, but I don't know. I think this side, just looking over the, 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 the players that are returning on, uh, you know, for all of these programs, um, you know, this might be a, a little bit more highly contested for those four playoff spots. Of course, you have to get the two conference winners. Um, you know, earning a, a playoff spot, and then the next two best teams, regardless of conference, get in. Um, you know, and I, I, I think you can make an argument for maybe seven of these ten teams um, getting into the playoffs. I, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe seven's a lot, but at least six of them. Um, yeah. 
and and some of them are, are teams that um, you know outside of last year have 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 not traditionally been um, you know playoff teams. You got Dover that's returning uh, a whole bunch of starters, um, including their uh, their quarterback uh, Darian Lopez Sullivan, um, who kind of had a breakout year for them last year. Yep. And then uh, is this his third year? Third year as, as the starter. Yep. He's going into his yeah. Third year. So you know you know he's going to be one of the top yeah. guys, right? I mean, anytime you get a quarterback that's in it, their third year on, at the helm, I mean, that's that's just, you don't get that too often in football. And I know we have a couple other teams in D1 that have that, but yeah, he was very good last year. And he's also, um, you know, he's a guy too that also plays at safety uh, on defense. And a guy, uh, you know, not to not to throw too high expectations on, on the kid, but, but you know, a little bit like, I think like... Um, uh, Curtis Harris Lopez over here at um, at National North last year, um, right? You know, a kid who you know, as much as they they'd probably love to get him off the field on defense, they can't because he's just that good of of a play a defensive player. Um, you know that he's he's that he's as important to their secondary as he is to their their offense. Yeah, usually when your starting quarterback plays defense, it's one of two things: it's either you have to because you don't really have anybody else that can do it that well. And so, you know, it's just a depth thing or it's, they're just such a good player, such a good natural athlete. They're strong. They've been in the weight room and it's like, we can afford to play that kid on D because we can't afford not to play him. Right. You know, and that's, that's the situation that you saw with obviously with Curtis Harris Lopez and, and, you know, I've heard everything I've heard about uh, Darian Lopez Sullivan is, that type of athlete. I mean, again, maybe not at the, that level. I mean, Curtis Harris was a special player, but you know, one of those type of guys. Right. Uh, and it's a well-coached over team with Eric Kumba in what his third year now. I believe so. I think that's right. His third year um, coaching Dover. Right. As the head coach, I believe he was there as an assistant before taking over as the head coach. Right. Right. I think the, the first year out of St. Thomas, he was uh, he was an assistant under Coach Osborne. I, I should throw out here too, uh, kind of a, uh, a, a an advance apology uh, as we go through some of these names. Um, you know, for for a couple of guys, I know you're you're just you know stepping up to varsity, and and uh, if we uh, uh, pronounce your your name incorrectly, we apologize. Um, again, just go to go to the email and, and shoot us an email and tell us, uh, hey dummy, uh, that's not how you say my name. Um, and uh, you know we will uh, we will make sure we correct that. And, yeah, correct uh, <laughs> it phonetically in the email. Right, exactly. That you sent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies in advance, um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out. I meant to throw that out there when we started, uh, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't do that too much today. Um, you know, the other team I think um, in that cluster that's going to be kind of one to keep an eye on. Um, and, and and it's just coincidentally they open the season at Dover on September third is uh, is Manchester Memorial. Um, they've got a couple of uh, talented seniors back in uh, Kai Colson and uh, Jacob Calabro. Um, you know they're they were kind of up and coming last year. Um, you know they I saw them um, play a pretty competitive game against Goffstown for a couple quarters. Uh, you know they gave Bedford some trouble in the in the playoffs. Um, you know, in that, I want to say it was like the quarter, it might've been the, whatever round that was, uh, preliminary round, I think they were calling it, um, last year. So, you know, that, that's a team that, that's got, um, you know, I think 13 returning starters 
um, so, you know, definitely a, a one to keep an eye on. Yeah, the thing I like about Memorial is that they've been on that slow rebuild ramp over the last several years under Coach Sturgis. And to me, that's 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 true rebuilding, right? It's It's very rare that a coach comes in, you know, to a program that's traditionally struggled and, like, you know, but their first or second year, like all of a sudden, boom, they're right up there as a playoff contender, you know? And and when that does happen, a lot of times it's not sustainable, right? It's more about, hey, you had a bubble of talent that came up and they just happened to click and then you're kind of back down again the following year. And it seems to me like Memorial has been on like a steady uh, incline in terms of just building up. Yeah. Uh, and that this might be a really good breakout year for them. You know, the other thing that kind of kind of jumps out to me is they've got, um, you know, like you said, they've got some returning starters, but it seems like they have a good core group of interior people coming back. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, they've got three returning starters on the O-line, D-line. Uh, like you said, we're going to mispronounce these names, <laughs> <laughs> so I might not even try. But you know, but but that's a key, right? Especially if you're trying to if you're trying to maintain some consistency. You know, you could say, hey, you know, they got a quarterback back or they got this running back back or whatever. But if you're replacing, if you're turning your O-line over a ton every year, it's so hard. And your D-line types, so hard. Uh, whereas if they've got a good core group of interior players on both sides of the ball coming back, they could be very good. Uh, you know, talking about returning guys, I think the two teams that probably uh, lead the pack in that and, and – subsequently would probably be looked at as maybe the, the teams that, that are the favorites to win each of these conferences. I think you got Goffstown, which was the, the runner-up in Division One last year. Um, you know, they look like maybe the team to beat in the North Conference and then Winnicott over in the East, um, also with a ton of guys returning. Uh, you know, for Goffstown, I think it's, I mean, th- it feels like they're they're basically returning. You know, they lost some, some talented kids, um, but it looks like they've got, um, kids to fill in. I guess the biggest question is: is who's going to take over a quarterback? Yeah, you you lost the the Hanault brothers, which were premier players in New Hampshire. But man, they bring a lot of kids back. You you said, if I remember correctly, you commented on the fact that they were just physically they're massive. big. Yeah, they are. They're they got a lot of trees out there, and it's not just up front. Like they've got some skill kids that look like they're pretty big too. Right. And you've got you've got a, a you know again a ton of O line D line uh, types that are coming back, which again you know if if you've got you've got a team returning those type of dudes, um, that's what you build around, right? You can you can get away with, hey, we're replacing our backfield this year. Hey, we're replacing you know a couple wideouts this year, but uh, it, it's harder to replace the you know, the, the synergy that you have between offensive linemen and defensive linemen who have played together in the past. And it looks like they, looking at that roster, it looks like they have a lot of returning guys on the line. And they've made their living with some pretty big, pretty well-coached lines over the last, you know, four or five years. Um, and, and, you know, as a, a quote-unquote spread offense, but really they can bang the ball with the best of them, you know. I mean, they really run the ball well. They usually have a big quarterback and you know again I, I don't see a returning quarterback on this list mentioned I don't think but um, did, did you see anybody play uh, playing uh, <laughs> I mean behind it's another, center that, that it's uh, another one of those situations where they're mixing in like three or four kids with uh, yeah they're still trying to figure yeah, it out huh? yeah, but with no numbers on with no you know 
I no defining uh, marks on them, um, you know, in terms of who, th- who they are. <laughs> um, they were, I mean, all of them looked like they could, they had a pretty good grasp of what was going on. Not that I was there, you know, for the, for an entire practice, uh, but from what I saw, um, it looked pretty good. Right. Uh, right. You, know, you talked about the, the, you know, returning uh, guys up front, and I think that's the same with Winnicott. Um you know, I'm not. I'm not sure how many of them were starters, but if you look over their uh, roster from a year ago, there's a ton of linemen. Um, you know, that were juniors and seniors, or excuse me, juniors and sophomores last year. Uh, you know, they had a pretty good sized roster, uh, and of course, they returned some good skill guys too. Um, I guess most notably Kyle Tilly, the quarterback. Um, he enters his senior year, so yeah. I mean, they're they're another one. I know. I mean. You can't ever count out um, a program like Exeter, um, but I think there's maybe a little more question marks in terms of of who's coming back for them. I mean, they graduated 23 kids from last year. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, even for a program like that, it, that's a lot. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that may arguably be the best coach team in New Hampshire and, and has been for over a decade. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're absolutely right. You can't count them out, right, because they just they do such a good job and they maintain – such consistency in their program, right? They're not one of these programs that switches offenses every three years or, you know, scraps their defense because, oh, well, we don't have a nose guard this year, so we can't run that, right? No, that's not the way they coach. <laughs> they, they coach their systems, and those kids know those systems. So what that does do for them and it, 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 over the years, right, as we have witnessed, it allows them to reload much easier when, when you graduate a huge class. So, But 23 seniors is a – that's a tough one to to just bounce yeah, back from. Right, right. Um, and Winnicott, you, you had mentioned. I just want to say, you know, bringing the, you know, we talked about the importance of bringing the line back, but bringing that quarterback back in that system, right? I, I would argue, it's a lot harder to quarterback an under center split back option offense than it is to quarterback even a a spread offense. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much precision involved with the way that uh, a team like Winnicott. Does their reads their offense? It all goes through the quarterback, and uh, not, not that the spread teams don't. I, I it's just a a, it's a way. little yeah. different. The yeah. footwork is a little different. The timing is is a little quicker than what you get in the shotgun. So to have a kid back in that offense and be bringing some of your your interior people back is very dangerous it's, for, it's for not, teams in that cluster. You know, it's a run heavy offense, but it's not a run heavy offense where the quarterbacks just turn around and handing the ball off to right. You know, whoever. Um, you know he's got to make some decisions and some reads in that himself. So it's yeah, I get what you're saying. It's 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 uh it's a lot to know, but in a different kind of way than a spread offense. Right. Yeah. Um. You know we we also we we did talk a little bit about Bedford. Um. You know from the scrimmage that I saw, there against North, they they returned probably one of the top quarterbacks in the state in in uh, Joseph Michael. Um. Not another three-year guy, right? Yeah, another three-year starter. Um, yep. You know, and he should be able to. Um, you know, you know. I think they're they're a team that's maybe returning some guys that are kind of flying under the radar kind of guys. Um, you know, so he might be able to kind of give them that extra step that, or, or just his experience kind of gives them that extra um, lift that that maybe you wouldn't get if you were returning a whole bunch of guys, uh, or excuse me, replacing a whole bunch of guys. Um, you know, you also got Portsmouth Oyster River. Their numbers look pretty good. They're up around 80 kids in the program um, this year. 
and then um, you know Spalding. Uh, they've been more competitive over the last couple of years, and then uh, Manchester Central. Um, you know, you got them also in that North Conference. Uh, you know, they're usually a, a competitive bunch, but not too sure about, um, you know, how their numbers look. I've heard or haven't heard too much, but, um, you know, hopefully they're still able to uh, put, put a good uh, group together. Yeah, they, they were young last year, if I remember correctly, like really young. You know, they put a lot of first-year starters on the field last year. So hopefully if they stayed healthy and they've kept all those kids in the program, you know, that's a, that's a team that, again, has traditionally been – um, you know, always kind of there or knocking on the door to be there. And, and um, so hopefully Central uh, is looking good this year as well. All right, let's jump to the uh, the other cluster. Uh, so if the North and, and the East are playing um, each other, we've got the South and the West then playing each other on the other side. And, um, you know, I, I think on this side, there's maybe one team that's kind of like a, a clear-cut favorite. Um, you know, one that's has the potential to be right there too. And then I think it, the rest might be up for grabs. Um, you know, of course I think Salem, um, you know, Salem is returning a lot of guys, uh, at a lot of positions. I think they might be the team that maybe is, is the one to beat or, or everybody has flagged as the one to beat early on here. Um, they're of course in the South conference and then over in the West, uh, Nashua South, uh, they've got a ton of guys coming back and they've got quite a bit of size, uh, returning as well um, you know so I think those two teams start out the year maybe as your your one two favorites um, I mean again like Exeter Pinkerton you can't ever count them out um, although you know a little little tough to kind of I think we talked about a little bit last week kind of tough to to really hone in on on you know who some of their or all their key guys are just because of the way their season went last year ending a couple weeks early you know Londonderry might be going through a little bit of a, a reload, rebuild this year, um, but they'll still be right there, I think. Um, yeah, anybody else stand out to you, or, or, or any, anybody from those teams kind of stand out? Well, you know, it's interesting. We'll go, go back to Pinkerton for a minute. You know, it, it, I'll say to, about Pinkerton what I said about Exeter. You know, it's a slightly different circumstance. Instead of having graduated 23 guys, you're bringing on a group of guys, uh, seniors who haven't played since they were sophomores in this case. So similar issue in terms of uh, a little bit harder to kind of reload and plug and play and just go uh, for, for Coach O'Reilly and his staff. But, you know, what I said about Exeter kind of stands for Pinkerton as well, which is, you know, probably up there contending for one of the most consistent and best coach teams in New Hampshire. Um, over the last 20, you know, 30 years or so, right? So you know that that staff is going to find a way. Their systems are also very consistent. You know, they've done things the same way, uh, honestly, since since I played, right? Maybe di- different defensively, but certainly offensively, they have very similar systems. So those kids will probably be in good shape because of that consistency to right. step in. Um, and Salem, man, the speed that I saw in that backfield last year you know i i I remember uh david jacques and and some of those other guys that played back there um they uh they had some some real depth in that offensive backfield and earlier in the season it looked like their offensive line was kind of still coming into it but again no preseason right right so you bring enough guys back from that core group and now you give them a preseason to uh 
you know, iron out all the, the, the wrinkles and stuff before you get going. And yeah, that, that's going to be a good football team this year too. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Dante Fernandez, uh, Thomas Allers and, uh, Aiden McDonald last year were, were three guys that, um, all running the ball that just, yeah, they, they really were eye opening at times. And I, I remember a couple, um, I know we talked about it at some point last year, but I can't remember which game it was, but times that I was having a trouble, like, shooting some of these games because you know you'd think they'd be in one spot and then the next thing you know it you know guys like 30 yards downfield um just because they had such breakaway speed and it wasn't like it you know sometimes you maybe have like one guy that does that but they had a couple of those guys that could just if you know if they get to that next level then forget about it right right i think it was the merrimack game that we saw i certainly that was the one that i saw and uh you know they they looked really impressive against Merrimack, who you know I know has an extremely well coached defense. Um, so to do that to a Merrimack defense that you know is their kids are going to be in the right position to make plays, it's pretty eye opening. Um, yeah, and Merrimack lost a bunch of kids, right? I mean they bring back uh, Kyle Crampton and uh, you know a couple of senior linemen like Alex Griffin and some of those guys, but I think they've got a lot of work cut out for them to. Uh, yeah, they, some of the guys that graduated. They only had 38 guys on their roster last year, and uh, 16 of them were seniors. Uh, you know, so they they turned over quite a bit this season. Yeah, I know that the they're uh, from what I've heard, they're really happy about some of their younger guys, though, that are going to be having to step up this year. So uh, it might be a little bit of a rebuild year for them, but you know, they've they've been really good under Coach Jackson. Um, over the last five years or so. So you got to figure, even if they're not great wins loss-wise, right, that they're going to be getting those kids ready. And it's a, it's sort of a marathon, not a sprint, right? They're building for they're building for good things in the future. Right. Uh, you know, North uh, kind of in the same boat. Um, you know, they graduated 18 seniors from, from last year's championship team. Um, they're going to be returning quite a few guys with some experience, Um you know, but I just I like we were saying at the at the start. Um, I it might take them a little bit. It's going to take them a little bit to get everybody, you know, in the spot that they they are best equipped in, and that might take a little bit too long, given you know the schedule that they have to play. Um, you know, by the time they figure out figure it out, it might be, you know, they might be, you know, a little bit too far on the outside of the playoff picture by then. Uh, but I think the other, you know, um. They're they're city rivals there, Nashua South. I think they're going to be a team to really uh, contend with, uh, led by uh, seniors Josh Capo and uh, Connor Rossell, uh, two guys that are are very, um, you know, despite their size, I think very versatile as uh, as running backs could potentially, you know, see one of them lined out uh, lined up out in the slot. Um, You know, their their coaches over there have have talked highly about um, just you know. Compo's uh, hands that he's you know not just a, a running back but he can go out there and catch some passes uh, and they'll be moving uh, Mike Rutstein back in at quarterback he uh, he played there a couple years ago um, ended up moving around I think he was at receiver mostly last year um, you know but he's got some experience playing that position uh, even though he wasn't the starter uh, last season yeah QB's been a little bit of an Achilles heel for Nashua. They've had some good athletes playing in there, but it's almost like they haven't had the chance to develop that kid who's kind of like the two-year starter, right? right? Like you get a guy that comes in and he's the, 
he gets the starting job at the beginning of his junior year. I, 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 I may be wrong. I hope I'm not, but I, that seems to be what I remember is that they're South's been kind of caught in a, uh, in one of these cycles where they're, they're sort of trying to jumpstart a QB at the beginning of each year. Well, I, and then, yeah, which is, is really odd because they went through such a stretch of, of quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I think you're right. The last couple of years, I think it's been mostly, there's been some injuries that have, you know, forced them to kind of shuffle that lineup there um, in that spot. But, I mean, you look back, and they had, what, Sean Holland for three years. Um, I think there was one year in between, and, and Trevor Knight was there for three years before that. Uh, you go back before that. Um, oh, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Faraday? No, uh, even before, yeah. But uh, um, yeah. in between him and Knight, Keith Farkas was there. Farkas, for, uh, that's for the three name. Year, yeah, for yeah, three yeah. years as well. And, yeah, and then Billy Faraday going back, going way back. Right. Um, so, I mean, they had a run there of, what's that, um, like about 11, 12 years of where they'd had four quarterbacks. Right. Which is just, for high school football, is ridiculous. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, so hey, you know, I mean, uh, you know, again, it's not quite the same thing, but if, um, if, if uh, uh, how do you pronounce the young man's name? Is it Rustin? Rustin, yeah. Yeah, if he could, if he's got some experience, it might not be the same as, Stepping in, haven't started a full year, but at least it's not like, hey, we're just cold cranking a kid that was a wide out last year and trying to turn him into a QB, you know, in a couple months' time. I mean, that's that might give them just that little bit of an advantage that they need, especially having guys like uh, Josh Compo in the backfield where, hey, the quarterback doesn't need to be great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you can hand off to a great back like that and, and have the threat of being able to hand off to a great back like that, you're already one step ahead of the game. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, um, you know, the uh, the third school in Nashville, Bishop Girton, has a name that's going to be familiar to, uh, you know, to football fans, uh, even more so to basketball fans. But uh, Matt Sanaswaso steps in to replace his brother Dylan uh, as the starting mm-hmm. quarterback for the Cardinals. And um, you know what? I, I will tell you, um, I, I know he can play basketball. I saw him play, you know, play a key role for the Cardinals on their championship team last year. Um, I was pretty impressed with how he played in that scrimmage against Concord. Um, he throws a nice ball. Uh, he gets out and runs. Um, you know, he's got some nice speed to him. And then he's got two backs there with him that um, that I thought uh, were really kind of a nice, uh, gave him a nice balance. in uh, Hunter Reum and uh, Charlie Bellavance, um, they both broke a couple runs in that scrimmage that, that looked pretty, pretty impressive. No, that's good because I think, too, BG's had a ton of speed the last couple of years under coach Trishiani, but if I remember correctly, it seems like they've lost, you know, like, the, like a, like a key back or a key slot receiver or something early on in the season. And, and the depth has been yeah. a bit of a problem. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly again, you know, I, yeah. sometimes I, I mix my right seasons up I've <laughs> been through so many of these seasons, but I seem to remember that, you know, early on, they, you know, whether it was in the preseason or early, you know, week one, week two, they, they were losing a couple guys they were counting on, and they just didn't have, uh, you know, dudes that could step in and, and do that same thing as well, right, you know. Right. Um, you know, the, uh, of course, you get Keen is also in that conference, that West Conference there with those, uh, the four teams we just talked about. Um, you know, not, a, not too sure about what they have coming back this year, uh, but they usually, uh, I know they haven't won a ton of games lately, but they're usually, you know, fairly competitive and, and give teams uh, can give teams a bit of a scare, um, you know, especially when you got to go out there too keen. So, 
Uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they're able to do this season. Yeah, and they, I think they were somewhat limited last year too, were they not? Yeah, they were. They, I, they, yeah. um, the whole the school as a whole wasn't really allowed to to travel too far outside of the area and to certain places. Um, I think that's yeah, that ended up being why I think BG went out to Keene to play uh, that play-in game because um, they right. weren't, they weren't allowed to travel to Nashua. Yeah, they, uh, they, there was a city of Nashua thing yeah. that they weren't allowed to do. <laughs> Um, you know, and then, um, you've also in this cluster, you've also got Wyndham, which, um, you know, they're, they were again, a, a team that didn't play quite as many games. You know, they started late, um, got rolling a little bit, um, you know, but, but we're, we're a quick out kind of in the, in the playoffs there against Londonderry. Um, I think they're replacing quite a few guys as well. Um, returning seven starters in total, but, um, you know they graduated some uh, some important kids from last year, and then you've also got Alvern uh, in that South Conference. Um, you know who's going to have some big shoes to fill there, uh, losing uh, Kyle Gora, their uh, starting quarterback the last three years. Uh, looks like a senior uh, Jacob Bradshaw is going to get uh, the crack at at, at starting um, for Alvern. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting. And this is this is what there will be kind of their first. They were back up in Division One last year. Um, after two years in D2, but this is kind of really, I guess, the first taste of it as a uh, with the full schedule there. Yeah, I think Wyndham and Alvern are both kind of in the same boat. They were, uh, were they both first year D1 last year? Oh, no, Wyndham's been up a couple of years. Wyndham's been up a couple of years, all right, all right, yeah, um, that's, that's right. But, you know, Wyndham, I think, needs, if Wyndham can find a little bit more rhythm and consistency on offense, I think, from what I saw a little bit of them last year, that's where they struggled um, was just getting into a groove on offense and, and, you know, finding something that kind of worked consistently for them. Like, you know, like, like you hear people say they need the, uh, you know, to find that identity. Uh, Cause you know, darn well, they're well coached and they've got good athletes on that team. Um, I think if they've got uh, some sense of identity coming out of the preseason, which again, last season, no preseason. And they and you get a relatively new too. coach. You know, you're going into a new division. Uh, it's tough to find that identity. Sometimes yeah. you don't find it. Um, so they might be much more poised now to kind of show what they're all about. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So I think that uh, just about wraps up our our uh, our look at Division One. Uh, unless you had any other any other final thoughts on anybody there, or, or if you wanted to, you know, go out on the out on the ledge there and, and maybe. Uh, Make any predictions? You have, you have a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's oh man, you're not supposed to ask the oh, no. the ex coach those controversial opinions because then right. whoever I have left that's friends in the coaching community, they're all going to make fun of me and or not like me anymore. Uh, all right. There's not well, that I'll... many of them that like me anymore anyway. But <laughs> no, you know, I think we kind of said it, Joe. You know, I think Gosstown was in the show last year, um, and they bring a ton of a ton of guys back. They're well coached. Um, you got to be looking at Gosstown. You got to be thinking about um, South. I think, um, even though that they may not be obvious, I think South is going to be pretty good this year. You got to be looking at Salem, and then you may have teams like Dover, Winnicott. Um, you know that just based on what they have coming back, et cetera, uh, that you you've got to think about. Hey, you know, might they, uh, you know, make a little noise? in there and you know it's like always right it depends on who stays healthy and 
you know, what the, what the schedules end up being, right. Who ends up playing a, you know, maybe a tougher schedule or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to say, but I think, I think those are the teams that uh, based on, you know, how they were last year and then what they have coming back. Um, I'd say you're, you're looking at, uh, you know, potentially having good years out of those guys. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm right, uh, right there with you on those teams. You know, I would definitely throw, um, you know, Memorial, like we talked about. Team yeah, that, that's, that's another sleeper. There. Yep. Um, I mean, Exeter and Pinkerton, you can't ever count out. Um, I, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if BG's in the mix, too, um, for one of those playoff spots. Uh, and Londonderry, I, I mean, I've, you know, we've gotten to the point with them I, that I wouldn't count them out. Yeah, I was going to say Londonderry is another one of those teams that's quickly becoming the, you can't count them out either, but... You know, you know that they're they're trying to rebuild and reload, but then hey, you know, you got a hundred and some odd kids in the program. <laughs> it You're yeah, going to find yeah, some guys, hurt. right, to step in and play some roles. And if you're Coach Lawson, maybe you need to adjust a little bit of what you do. You know, simplify here. You know, focus a little bit more on this part of your game as opposed to that. You know, the, the coaches do that every year anyway. But um, but yeah, I mean, they could very well be one of those teams that creeps in and you know, punches somebody in the nose at just the right time and makes some noise. Right. So we're not going to, we're not going to make a, our official predictions this week. Uh, but next week, <laughs> you're going to make gonna, me do it. Aren't no, you? I'm not going to, I will, I will, uh, I will let you off the hook. I don't want, I don't want, uh, yeah, I don't want you, you, uh, I, I will, I will put it on my reputation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. You know what? I'll, no, I'll help you out. I'll next, stick my nose in there we'll, too. We'll crunch some, we'll crunch more of the names and numbers and all that. And next week when I, when I throw together uh, the, uh, the written previews on the site, there will be some, uh, some playoff predictions in there. Uh, awesome. And, and we'll, and then everybody can, uh, you know, put those on their bulletin boards or, or bookmark them or whatever you do with that kind of stuff yeah. these days. You'll get you'll get a bunch of email comments then, won't you? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that so that wraps up uh, our Division One preview. Um, next week we will uh, we'll run through uh, D two, three, and four, um, and then kind of get you ready for that that opening uh, opening weekend of games. Um, like we said, it's here already and it's going to go fast. It always does. Uh, always goes too fast, so uh, get ready for it, and I, I hope you enjoy it. Um, Mike, thanks again for doing this. Yes, sir. It's been fun. Yeah. He is Mike Lockman. I am Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you again next week.